I think uh, Lindsey Graham would be the last one I'd want to meet alone in a men's room bathroom. I got an idea. What is it? We'll start in the basement. To the basement. To the basement. To the basement. To the basement. This must be the basement. Beware. The following is a Halloween special presented by Mark Claire and Friends from Lines of Liberty. to welcome you to this, the inaugural Libertarians in Living Room Drinking Liquor Halloween Spooktacular, presented by the Lions of Liberty. And no, don't worry, I'm not going to do my terrible Obama impression for the whole show, guys. But yes, I am. I'm Jurassic, our wonderful president, our POTUS, Barack Obama, here on the Lions of Liberty Halloween Spooktacular! It's another episode, a special edition of our Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. And we're going to have a good old time here. I'm hoping to have some good friends stop by, hopefully in costume, we'll see, and just chat about some things. Again, these episodes, these Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor episodes are completely unscripted and we really don't know... You know, what's going to happen and who's going to stop by. And, you know, hopefully we can... Oh, the door... Well, that was early. The doorbell has already rang. Let's go see who's at the door here. Oh, hello there, little boy. Uh, what are you What are you today? Well, trick or treat, I am. Trick or treat. Oh, it is Halloween. That's that's the thing to say. And and what what are you dressed as, young man? Well, you might uh, recognize me as one... Uh, Millhouse Nixon. Millhouse Nixon. Is yes, I just uh, decided to, to come up from uh, from from hell where Satan and I were bobbing for apples and uh, say hello this, this is, Halloween. This, this is of course the one and only Brian McWilliams dressed as uh, Richard Millhouse Nixon for Halloween. It's a very impressive costume you've got on there. Now, are you supposed to be like a, a zombie Richard Nixon? Are you Richard Nixon raised from the dead, or, or what are you here? Well, I figured with uh, with with Rand Paul running for the uh, the GOP. And, uh, and Hillary is the other option. It was it was a, a good decision for me to come back to uh, to this earthly plane and uh, and throw my hat into the ring once more. Wow, you have really committed to the character here. So you're telling me you are officially throwing your hat into the 2016 race even before Hillary, even before Rand, anybody. Nixon's back. All right, Nixon 16, everybody, get ready. We're gonna have a good time with him. So uh, what you been up to, Nick Richie, in the last, uh, what, how long you been dead now? Ten years or so? Oh, quite like a that. while now, but I've just been just been enjoying all of the uh, the fiat currency that's been going around. I, I, I started that, you know. I uh, also have been enjoying the uh, the continuation of the, the war on drugs that I, I was so so prolific in the in beginning and, and enjoying of the, you know, the prison, the prison industrial complex that I uh, really brought into this great nation. And, uh, yeah, just enjoying that, really, yeah. 
Well, really loving it. You're just an all-around f***ing peach, aren't you? Well, I like to be considered an apple. Like I said, I was bobbing for apples. Uh, using actually a lot of the apples that the children threw away from Michelle Obama's school program. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Well, I think I hear some... some is, it, is it Halloween caroling out the there? Is that what I hear? The fright has come. I don't know what you hear. How do we caroling? Do we people carol <laughs> for Halloween? <laughs> oh, oh, there he is. There. there he is. Somebody else is at the door here. Let's go see who that is at the door. All right. Oh, hello, young man. And what are you for Halloween? Trick or treat, sir. I, I'm old Hickory, Andrew Jackson, the, the best president uh, you know Andrew nothing about. Andrew Jackson? Wow, look at all these dead presidents showing up at my doorstep here. This is amazing. Mr. Jackson, how have you been? It's been, what, a couple hundred years since you've been in the land of the living? Uh, not a couple hundred, about 150. I've never been but, good at math. Uh, well, that, that's okay, but I, I come from the... Uh, the heavenly world of hard money because I heard Dick Nixon had stopped by Ooh. here and I wanted to have a word with that that young man. I yeah, heard he is taking some serious efforts to undermine the the actions I've taken in the early uh, 19th century to stop the, the thievery from Nathaniel Biddle. You actually shut down one of the first attempts at a central bank. I is ended that... the charter on the second bank of America. Oh, now why'd you go and do that? that you know, why'd you have to spoil all the fun? Because I had the best interests of the people in mind, unlike some of these other POTUSes that have come and gone since since my time has passed. Now, now, Andrew, in particular, I... the the dick in the corner. Are you Ooh. talking about me? Because if you want a ghost fight, I'll bring you a ghost I, fight. Nixon doesn't back down from a fight. I am, I am, sir. You have no military service. You you've done nothing good for this country. I got and us I out of Vietnam. To... I mean, after getting us a little bit more into it, but still got us out. But you're supposed to win the war, Dick. Like I won the War of eighteen twelve. Oh, was that, is that another ring in the door? Oh, there it is again. I guess we got somebody else here. Hello, hello, my friends. This here's John McCain. Just oh, my God, from... John. Oh, my God, it's another dead president. Wait, oh, no, wait, no. Dude, I'm not <laughs> dead yet, not dead yet, and I wasn't a president, but I just got okay. back. I was with my friends over in the Middle East, ISIS. I mean, I mean, uh, terrorists. I mean, I mean, uh, Syrian uh, Free Army. Yes, yes, I was with them. And Mr. McCain, what are you what are you doing out in the neighborhood so late? I believe it's almost it's approaching 10 p.m., which is well past your bedtime. So, well, are you just out trick or treating, or are you just what what exactly are you got going on? I've just been stumbling around, you know, uh, trying to make my way. You know, not really sure where I'm going. Just smelled some whiskey and came in here. <laughs> All right, we can't we can't extra much more than that. Well, I got a pretty good crew here, a pretty good crew of trick or treaters. We got Brian, Richard Nixon, McWilliams. We got Trent, Andrew Jackson, Seaman. And we got John Odermatt, John McCain, Odermatt, McCain, Odermatt. Uh, those, all those Johns messed me up. We got a pretty good crew here, so maybe we should start having a little chat. I'm not really expecting you know anyone else necessarily to stop by, but oh, oh wait a second. Well, that, was, that, that was the doorbell Hello. again, I guess. Well, let me go see who else is. Who else, oh, God, all right, they're not very patient at all. I'll be right there, just a second! Hello, Dr. Hunter S. Thompson. I, I hear there may be some uh, liberty treats here. Dr. We are checking. There uh, may be some drugs being passed around as uh, trick-or-treat treats. If that's why, the case, are you, why are you need, still ringing the doorbell? We would need to confiscate those if there are any drugs in these uh, treats. You're here to confiscate my drugs? 
or treats. Yes. <laughs> of course, this is, of course, Howie Snowden, a.k.a. Hunter S. Thompson. This is an amazing costume you have on. It's very, very realistic. It almost sounds like you're actually as effed up as Hunter S. Thompson would be in real life. But uh, we all know that's not the case, probably. Oh, Wild Turkey will do that. A little bit of Wild Turkey in true fashion. Well, you know, now that we got the full gang here, I'd like to uh, once again welcome you all in to the Lions of Liberty podcast, to libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor. I'm I'm glad to have such an eclectic crew here of ex-presidents, dead presidents, alive Practically dead senators, uh, dead journalists, dead drunk, and um, journalists who are on acid and all sorts of other things. Um, did run for sheriff. The great Hunter S. Thompson. It's great to have you in here as well. Now, if, as you guys may have realized by now, if it's your first time listening to one of these specials, there's really no script. Uh, we're kind of just going to go off a cuff. Uh, some of us are really, really invested in our costumes. Uh, I gave up very quickly on my <laughs> awful Obama impersonation, as you guys heard there, but... We got some better actors than me in the studio, so we're going to have a little chat here. We're going to put on a little Halloween spooktacular for you. So, you know, it is Halloween. It's the scary, spooky time of year. So I want to kind of have a little chat about, you know, some of the scariest things that we see in the world of politics, in the real world. I mean, that's what politics is. It's talking about what's really going on in the world. So I'm wondering what you guys might think about. And, you know, when you guys answer this question, I I never really went through this. It's something we like to do here in Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor is to talk about what we're all drinking. So I'm going to start off and let you guys know I'm drinking a wonderful little concoction that I made, a nice hard cider that I cooked on my stove myself, mixed with some wonderful rum from a little store called Trader Joe's. And uh, so it's a little Trader Joe's uh, cider mix that I'm I'm having a good time with. Sponsor us, Trader Joe's. I'm sorry, what was that, Mr. Nixon? Sponsor us, Trader Joe's. Why won't you give us a sponsorship already? Uh, All right, that was Mr. Nixon. Maybe we can get Richard Nixon and Trader Joe's to do some kind of combo deal like that, a promo. We'll talk to John Dobbert afterwards about getting that cut. But uh, why don't we start with you, Brian? Brian, Richard Nixon, McWilliams. And uh, we're kind of talking about, first of all, what are you drinking before we get into the really serious, hardcore stuff here? Well, I will drop my Nixon accent for now. Just uh, for now. maybe I'll bring it back later. But, it, when uh, appropriate, it can. When be. appropriate, uh, I'm drinking. I had a little squirt of Fireball uh, cinnamon whiskey before Ooh. I came over here just to uh, to shake out the cobwebs of the day that build up in the old. Oh, you've been in a coffin for thirty years. Yeah, and then uh, now I'm drinking the same uh, the, the uh, spiced rum and the delicious cider. Again, the prices of cider has really dropped ever since Michelle Obama's whole uh, forcing children to eat their vegetables and fruits thing. A lot of a lot of apples going to the trash, so I think they're just juicing those up, and we're enjoying them now. Well, wonderful. Fantastic. All right. And uh, while I'm going around the circle, why don't we just get the drinks out of the way first? Uh, let's see. Who's next? Mr. Jackson. Trent, Trent Andrew Jackson Seaman. What are you drinking? Are you drinking something from your era or from the modern area or what? Well, we're, we're drinking some Kentucky Straight Bourbon, Jim Beam, on the rocks over here, trying to keep it close to Jackson's home state of Tennessee. But uh, So Andrew Jackson and John McCain are drinking some bourbon. That sounds like the start of something. I don't know what. An awesome We're podcast. drinking together, trying to, to mend our differences over the course of the last two centuries, yes. I like to mix my bourbon with a little fresca. <laughs> Fresca and bourbon, the drink of John McCain. <laughs> Fruit juice chasers. If he does decide to run again, which would be 
absolutely phenomenal, I think, for our website, because that's unlimited comedy material and liberty material. Maybe sprinkled in there if McCain actually had a presidential one. But if he does, we'll be sure to contact him about uh, some kind of co-sponsorship with Fresco, with the, the bourbon people. And we're really trying to get the sponsorships down tonight. This is really what this podcast is about. It's a plea for sponsorships, please. We're, uh, we're really dying for money. Uh, so Quick, quick uh, <laughs> one thing on uh, Brian said he was drinking Fireball. Did you see that Fireball was just banned in Europe? What? what for what? Yeah, just today there was there's a fireball recall because of uh, <laughs> some ingredient uh, gly, glycol or alcohol. Is it cinnamon? Uh, alcohol. Is cinnamon the ingredient? <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the FDA said it's fine to drink, so I wouldn't worry. Well, about if it. the FDA thinks it's fine, that's amazing. There's a lot of things banned in Europe. It's like I think you know M and M's or anything banned in Europe. Some certain kind of colors in M and M's. That but just means that the fireball lobby got to the FDA. It doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That powerful fire lobby. Powerful lobby it sounds the like there's a lot of whiskey going. So, uh, uh, Mr. Thompson, are you still with us? Yes, yes. I, uh, it was hard to decide. I didn't know if I wanted to drink Wild Turkey 101 tonight or maybe something seasonal, like the uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest. So I decided to go with both. Oh, all you right. Know, I, I, I haven't mixed them together or anything. I'm just uh, drinking both in quick succession. Oh, I, I was picturing you just like hovering <laughs> over a giant bowl with both. You're pouring yeah, both yeah. in and just every few, whenever we don't hear you, your face is inside it's it. It's like a That's Halloween <laughs> boiler maker. <laughs> just like slurping <laughs> it all up. All right. Well, you know, it, it, now that we're settled in finally, sort of, and we've all got our, everyone knows out there knows what we're drinking. Uh, let's really talk about some of the scariest stuff going on in the world because you know, we like to have fun on this show, we, especially when we do our little libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor chats. But, you know, there is there is a lot of scary shit going on out there, guys. I don't know if you noticed. And we're going to start, um, well, with a fun one, that, uh, one that might offend some people that are actually on the chat with us here. But uh, I want to ask you guys who you think the scariest politician is. Now, this can be a politician uh, present or past or, or what have you, but... Uh, we'll start with uh, Mr. Nixon. Who do you think the scariest politician that you can think of is? I'd have to say Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. All right. Why, why do you think Hillary Clinton is so scary? Terrifies me. Yeah, I'm going to drop it. I'm just too, too hey, difficult. You, you can to go in and out of character. I have faith, I have faith that <laughs> I have no our, our listeners are, are in tune enough. To be able to, to totally handle you going in and out of character Perfect. randomly. That's all I need from. That's all I ask. Uh, no, you know, Hillary, she she terrifies you. And this is what we had uh, kind of touched on this a little bit before during our uh, conversation about, oh, actually it was an email conversation about our Lions of Liberty email chain where people were challenging, you know, who's, who's you know, who's worse? Is it is it Hillary? You know, someone was saying they, they'd rather have another Hillary than a uh, another, I think, McCain it was or something like that. And my argument was that they're basically the same because Hillary is such a warmonger when you look at it. She's really is, you know, all about going after the Middle East, just like John McCain. Meanwhile, domestically, she's got all the liberty crushing uh, agendas that we hate, all the big government agendas. And she also just recently in a campaign speech, or I guess just a regular speech, but they're all campaign speeches at this juncture, uh, had said basically that she just... Uh, really hates capitalism, essentially. She was just saying that, you know, oh, these big governments, they don't create anything, and that, you know, government needs to be creating more of the businesses. Oh, she said, like, don't let anyone tell you that businesses create right, jobs. Yeah, exactly. It was the, uh, the Obama thing. It the, was about uh, trickle-down economic you, know, you didn't build this podcast, I built this podcast. The right. government built the podcast. Right. You didn't or something build like that. This. You so, didn't build this this libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor episode. Yeah, so I just I consider her terrifying. I, I think Obama's been a, an incredibly terrible president, and she's just going to pick up where he left off and then add in a nice dash of uh, of Johnny Odermatt McCain in there. Yeah, but and, feminism. Uh, 
Ah, oh yes, well for feminism. Don't forget. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's one one for Hillary. Let's let's ho- head over to the uh, the late 1700s, early 1800s. Mr. Jackson, or if you're still with us, uh, who who is the scariest politician that you can think of? I'm still with you. It's uh, it's by far Hillary Clinton because Obama's tenure is almost over. He knows his his uh, approval rating is going to plummet during the last couple years of his presidency. He's not concerned about that anymore, and. Anything he could pull off from a from a legislative point of view is probably pretty much used up at this point. No congressmen are going to want to touch him because they know he's going to be political suicide come 2016. But the problem with Hillary is that she's done such a good job of bowing out of politics for the last two or three years and has pretty much just been sitting on the sidelines waiting to literally pick up right where Obama left off. And you're going to have 16 years of some pretty liberal people running this country. And that assumes that Hillary wins two presidencies, which I think if she gets elected, she will. I just uh, see the entitlement mentality amongst our, our peers in this country. And people just are not ready to, to step out on their own and make, make things happy for themselves. They, they do truly believe that uh, the government makes the economy go around and that the government is the leading creator of, of jobs, of wealth, of uh, anything that's good in the country. And, uh, or for the world, for that matter. And that's a scary thing. When people are literally looking to the government for everything, that's when things can really start going south. So, Well, another thing about John McCain, that I mean, John McCain, who I gave away my answer, uh, about Hillary Clinton that scares me is that she is, well, you'll see why I said that in a second. She's at, like, McCain levels of warmongering, yep. too. But she's, yeah. not, she's not seen that way, kind of like Obama, but almost even more extreme. She's not... At all seen that way by the left that that loves her as the you know the darling mm-hmm. liberal progressive yada 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 girl power etc. But she's just as bad, probably worse of a warmonger than Obama because that's actually one area while he is bad in so many ways, including foreign policy. I do feel like Obama is hesitant to go to kind of the full scale bomb Russia World War Three kind of scenario, whereas Hillary almost seems like McCain, like hey let's go let's let's party let's let's rock this world war. Yeah, I think she's going to be a lot like Obama, whereas. There was a lot of people that thought Barack Obama was going to do a lot of good things and really take on the establishment. And two or three years, you know, into his uh, his tenure, he was just another uh, another president doing the same thing that the last guys did. And I think Hillary is going to be the same way. She's going to be an establishment bum. Um, how dare you talk about the future? How dare you talk about the future <laughs> ex Miss President First Lady like that? And she's already run the country for eight years, as everybody knows. So. She shouldn't be allowed to be president anyway. All right. Well, that's that's two votes for Hillary so far as, as far as spookiest, scariest, creepiest, sleaziest politician. By the uh, way, real quick, since we're, since we're going completely off script here. Oh, yeah. There, well, there's no script quick. to go off. There's no script. How can we go off script if there's no script? Because <laughs> uh, it just popped in my mind because Trent was saying, you know, it's like this entitlement culture and do things for yourself. And we're talking about girl power. Uh, I don't know if you guys read about this, but Gene Simmons... Uh, is running scary, for president? Scary also? guy in his own right. Scary guy Simmons, in his own right. Nixon. Simmons. This is going to be a crazy twenty sixteen. Terrifying folks. tentacle tongue. No, he uh, <laughs> he just got a lot of a lot of uh, I'll just say it shit for coming out. And he said that you know basically that women should go out, get a career first, not depend on men. You know, just pretend to be like, hey, look, the guys are going to leave you. You should go do your own career. Don't depend on anybody. Depend on yourself. Go out, get a career, work. And he got a ton of shit for it. And what's wrong with that? That's that's right on the money. There's nothing wrong with being independent. I agree. I, I, Isn't that up. what feminism is all about, right. or what individual exactly. you know freedom and power and all that's about? 
Yeah. I thought feminism was about that video with like five year olds dropping F bombs. Oh man, don't don't get us started. Oh on no, that. the little girls. <laughs> Did you guys see the Julia Borowski response to that? No. Not that, yet. That was no, very no. good. I highly recommend it. Well, it was posted online to Liberty's Facebook, so I don't know how you possibly couldn't have seen it. <laughs> I was busy uh, writing a, a the morning roar. And you want to be my libertarian's the living room drinking <laughs> Yeah, but I agree, guys. I just I, it just flabbergasted me that there was so much backlash against Gene Simmons. Look, Gene Simmons has said a lot of ridiculous things, but this was not one of them, and he got so much coverage, people just ripping apart for what is a pro-feminist statement. Women, you know, don't rely on men. Be your own thing. Find your own way. You know, get a career first. I just, I don't know. It's bizarre to me. And the man's got amazing hair, and, uh, you know, he can really, he's got great cardio. I mean, I don't know what people are upset about. It's really thrash. His outfits. <laughs> Anywho, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to get the tape. There's no interrupt. If you're Richard Nixon, you've been buried for what, 10, 15 years? I've just totally <laughs> been Gene Simmons. There's no fact checking on the show. I said So far, I've said that Richard Nixon's been dead for 30 years, 5 years, 10 years, and 15 years. So I have no idea when Richard Nixon died. Let's find the mean at 25 years. <laughs> He's going to Google his own death. I'm going to Google my own death. When, when did I die? <laughs> um, sometime in the 90s. Uh, I died in 1994 on April. 22nd. And Bill Clinton, actually, I remember, gave his, like, uh, what's it called? A eulogy? Eulogy? A eulogogi? Yeah, a eulogogi. <laughs> a eulilogy. All right. Um, scariest politician. Um, let's go to, appropriately, Mr. John McCain. John Underman, what's up? Who do you think is the scariest politician? Well, if we were talking about Hillary Clinton from the Democrat side, I'll go with uh, a Republican. That would be equally as scary from a uh, equally as scary uh, family lineage with the the Bush family. I think Jeb Jeb Bush would be Ooh. pretty darn scary. A wild pretty darn card. scary. A dark yeah. horse. They are coming out in force <laughs> to support him. There is a lot of buzz around this Jeb Bush character. Uh, I believe his son whose name I don't know. I think it's it's something Hispanic because they're trying to like I think 30 years ago they thought like we need to get this Hispanics vote. I think it's like Ricardo Bush. What's the or word for Bush in, uh, in Spanish, Mark? You speak the language. Bush. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there won't be any translation problems. <laughs> no, no, it's uh George Bush and uh, Jeb Bush. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, there's a lot of buzz about him running for president. Maybe that is a scary. I mean, yeah, I really, I really don't know really anything about him. I mean, yeah. I just know that he's pretty similar. He's an establishment establishment Republican, and uh, you know, he's going to do the things that establishment Republicans do, like kill people in foreign countries and yeah, yeah. Um, up the surveillance state and great things like that. So he's. Pretty, pretty, pretty scary, I would say. <laughs> that was the weakest Larry David ever in foreign heard. countries. <laughs> what was that, Trent? Don't they liberate people in foreign countries? I thought that's what we were doing. Liberate with bombs, oh. of course. <laughs> bomb, 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 bomb. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Now he's back in character. See, I thought you'd say that at the doorbell. I mean, that, that's, that's what that's gets you the full. That's what gets you the king size Snickers. If I knew. <laughs> when I rang the doorbell, I blacked out. I don't remember what I said. All right, I, I, guys, I got to interrupt. I'm getting a little concerned. Is Mr. Thompson, are you still with us? Are you still there? Oh, oh yes, I'm here. Okay, good. You've just been, uh, I suppose, had your face in that bowl of, of whiskey and Sam Adams and uh, cocaine and whatever. Uh, the, sort wild, of the wild turkey is almost gone. The wild turkey. Oh, that's that's that is, oh. that is scary. That the wild turkey. We got on the air what f- fifteen minutes ago. The wild turkey's almost gone. But you know, Mr. Thompson, Mr. Snowden, whatever you want to call this guy, he is on the the East Coast. He's had a jump start on me and uh, me and Prez Nixon over here. So, um, how, what do you think? Who's who's your scariest politician? You actually spent some time, I believe, on the campaign trail with Mr. Nixon. Isn't that right? Oh, that's right. But uh, besides Nixon, these these politicians today are much scarier and. 
If I think of the scariest politician, I think of three that are very, very similar. Three? All right. Well, you are HST, so we'll give you three. Why not? Well, well, I I think of John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and Hillary Clinton. The triumvirate. But of the three of them, Hillary Clinton scares me the most because she may actually become the president. True. And I I mean, I don't know if it was what her husband did to her or what, but uh, she's the most hawkish woman I have ever seen. And, not met, but you know, seen on the internet at least. Uh, right, right. Well, I, I've met her husband, dude. No, I have not met her. Um, you did. You did. When in your in your time as a page, you met you met a uh, Senor Clinton. I met Bill Clinton while as a page, and I met him in Scranton at a funeral. Oh, how was um, he? Was he a nice guy? <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's a nice guy. Um, oh, that's good he, to know. If his wife becomes president, it will be much worse. That it will not be Bill Clinton. She is much worse than he is. She is. You remember, she's also not a very good friend of uh, marijuana. No, but, she's uh, not. Mm. And we but know Bill this, is. I mean, that's maybe not why policy. I like Hillary. <laughs> but, but, but all this being said, I mean, she's my scariest politician to uh, win office. But of the three I mentioned, I think uh, Lindsey Graham would be the last one I'd want to meet alone in a men's room bathroom. <laughs> hey, who's the first That's one you want? Who's the first you want to be alone in a men's room bathroom? With? You don't need to answer that, but you can. <laughs> we'll move on. Funny. I'm going to say, say Justin Mash. Uh, yeah, Hillary Clinton. Justin Mash. Looks like his soft hands. Wait, you want to be in a men's? <laughs> wait, you want to be in a men's bathroom with Hillary Clinton? Is that what I heard? Let's let's move on. I'm going <laughs> to. Oh man, what, what I else? I do want to know who everybody would like to meet in the bathroom, men's or women's bathroom. Though I really don't want to meet anyone. Question? I don't want my first meeting with anyone to be in the bathroom. I'm trying that's, to think, who would be a good choice? That's what it comes down to. <laughs> I want to be alone doing my thing that I do in the bathroom, which is Brian. I don't want to get into what happened during the page program. Oh no! <laughs> well, I do. Hold Late on. Night let, back me, let me press pause on the record. We'll talk off air for a minute. <laughs> Click. Okay, go on. <laughs> What do you have any great good stories from your page days, Howie? Actually, there were some uh, shady congressmen happenings that went in there. I don't know. This wasn't what the podcast was about, but when I was, <laughs> it's not technically. Was, but hey, go with it. When I was a page, there was still a congressman, uh, Mark Foley, a Republican representative from uh, Florida, who apparently had a penchant for young male pages. And um, when I, of course, when I was a page, I didn't know this, but uh, I ended up over at his apartment with some friends of mine and. We just thought he was a cool guy. We were, you know, that smoked cigars. They showed his picture, his beautiful supermodel of him. He's like, oh, this is my girlfriend, whatever. Where were we at? Oh, yeah, we were at a party at Donald Trump's place. And I was like, wow, what a cool guy. Little did I know that after we graduated, he tried to have gay sex with a friend of ours who was a page. And when I found this out, this was all when the Clinton impeachment stuff was going on. And um, Hustler Magazine said, do you have any dirt on Republicans that are saying stuff about the president? Let us know and we'll give you a million dollars. So I, I called up Hustler Magazine. I said, <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I would have done the same thing. I, I, said, I said, Congressman Foley is a gay pedophile. And they're like, they're like, all right, let's get all the information. Sad. They're like, if he says something against Bill Clinton, you'll get a million dollars. And he never did. Ah. And then ten, about 10 years later... He gets booted out of Congress for being a gay pedophile. And wait, did you really call the hustler? This really happened? Oh yeah, you, you remember Max Joe from Jamie? So yeah. I, I needed a number. So we we were driving to the store. There was no like parking spots. So I said, hey, Jamie, you got to run in there, buy a hustler magazine, bring it back. We need to get the number from inside the store. <laughs> back in the day, that's how you got phone numbers. You yeah. bought the magazine of the place you wanted to yeah. call. 
There, there was, there wasn't. You look it up on the internet. So I had, I had my girlfriend go into this uh, little corner shop in Scranton, buy a Hustler magazine, bring it out to my car. We, we, we went home. We flipped through. I why found you, why'd you have her buy the magazine? What? I mean, that? <laughs> it's a lot cooler that way. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, you know, we, we did this out. And I was like, okay, hey, thanks for your help, Jamie. I'll, I'll hold on to this. And uh, but yeah, nothing. Uh, if only Congressman Foley had uh, said something about Clinton, I could have been a millionaire. And uh, oh, so that was the holdup. He never said anything that bad about Clinton. That's right, why they didn't he, take it. Okay. Yes, if he had criticized the president for his so they, they were sitting on your hot tip, but because he never opened his mouth about Clinton, they didn't. They they were respectively didn't come out come out with it. Is that that pretty much a summation? Sum it up. Isn't isn't that crazy? Is Husser like a more more uh, honorable? institution in our regular news media because i don't think well larry flint's pretty he's he was liberal right he's uh he's an interesting fellow i've actually uh dined with the man before uh and uh yeah no he's well i mean he's not he probably would fall on the progressive liberal slide of things but he's uh it's a pretty overall pro-freedom fellow i mean he's a very big good on freedom of the press uh, very good against the wars, that kind of thing. But, uh, I mean, as far as the magazine went and that, I think that's more of a, not a rating stunt, a, a, a business stunt, you know. If we can get, well, he's willing to pay a million dollars for a tip to out some congressman. You know, that that's that's partially, I think, he's doing that because of the Clinton thing, because he leans left, but also because he wants to sell magazines and wants to get more publicity. So, uh, yeah, well, it's, I mean, I'm not going to say it's unfortunate he didn't take your tip. It's unfortunate you didn't get a million dollars, because I, I presume you would have invested all of that money into the Lions of Liberty operation Clearly. 15 of, years later. Oh, <laughs> of course, of course. And, you know, I, I want to make sure I, not nothing against gay congressmen, that this congressman uh, took advantage of young kids, you know. I mean, there's what, there were plenty of great gay congressmen. Like Congressman Colby, I think, is one of the first to come out. He was a friend of John McCain. John McCain actually supported him that. I, I applaud him for that. I've actually been at uh, dinner parties at uh, Congressman Colby's house, and great man, but Congressman Foley... Not a great man. Uh, really took advantage of a lot of people and uh, messed up. And yeah, wasn't he doing? Me? Wasn't he doing the thing where you, you like you tap your foot twice to like indicate to come into the stall or something like that? Or <laughs> uh, that was somebody else. But funny oh, enough, well, there, was, there's so was, many congressmen in bathrooms. But that, doing but stuff, that was hard to also a Republican congressman. So I don't, I don't know if the thing to that. I mean, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, so but. So I hear that the way that you wear your tie around uh, the halls of Congress, you know, you wear it on the left or the right or a different color indicates exactly what you're into. <laughs> Nobody gets that well, joke. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. You'd get it if you were in L.A. Google it, folks. Google it. Google it up. <laughs> Google handkerchiefs uh, back pocket. Well, yeah, there, there's a lot of scary people uh, that are politicians, basically, is what we're trying to say. Mine, mine scariest still to this day is, uh, no offense, uh, sir, but uh, is John McCain still, because to me, he is uh, always just, fr- literally, I, I'm not making a joke or using a metaphor, he is literally frothing at the mouth at all times. Uh, I think I've literally seen the froth. Uh, whenever you mention war bombs or any kind of mass death overseas, he seems uh, extremely excited about it. It doesn't matter what side he has to be on, sometimes he'll hang out with some ISIS terrorists, sometimes he'll hang out with... Uh, some free Syrian army terrorists. Hey, if you're a terrorist, you are John McCain's buddy, unless you're the terrorist of the month that happens to be the enemy of the United States. And then, uh, well, we still want to bomb you because John McCain likes bombs. He likes to bomb, 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 bomb around. So to me, he is still the scariest guy, but the fact that we know he'll never be in that really that position of power at this point, 
that you know makes him, I guess, a little less scary. Whereas Hillary has a, uh, a somewhat decent chance of actually getting in there and dropping those bombs. So I can certainly see the argument for Hillary. But if I if I got to spend a night in a log cabin with a congressman, that's kind of how I'm judging this thing. Uh, John McCain's probably the last guy I, I want to be in there with with his all his uh, his war wounds and his his craziness and his wacky jaw. So, uh, Mark, uh, maybe this isn't the uh, right, right place to say this, but uh, go ahead, John my McCain. fellow American. <laughs> but uh, you know, John McCain, I mean, um, you know, he, he was a prisoner of war versus a great war hero and that. But uh, does everyone ever think maybe if you were a prisoner of war, you might not be exactly right in that head? You might have some, right. some kind of. Yeah, kind of maybe wanna... you shouldn't be the guy in charge of dropping bombs everywhere. <laughs> exactly, because you know he's you know he's bombing Vietnam day one. He's just like f it, I'm pissed. Like I, I'll never forget. And then you know, it next seems thing to you know, me that if you are held and tortured, you might have some kind of warlike attitudes afterwards, which makes you think maybe these the people in Guantanamo Bay we shouldn't be like holding them and torturing them because maybe when they get out, they might be kind of like John McCain's or whatever country <laughs> they came from. That's the but problem with know. Guantanamo. The worst part about Guantanamo is that we're creating future John McCain's. And that, that's scary for all of us. If these guys ever go back to their home country and run for Senate, run for president, watch out. Well, I would say a uh, boy oh, who was Mr. raised by wolves as my uh, Secretary of Defense. No one ever knew that, but it's a uh, True story. Henry Kissinger was raised by, raised by wolves. Raised Kissinger. by wolves. Why did these negotiations go so good? I don't think he was even Secretary of Defense. He was like Secretary of State. What? Either way, he was raised by wolves, and he's you know that's a guy that goes. Actually, I want to scratch all all the last twenty minutes off the record because Henry Kissinger is the scariest politician of all time. If you ask me, he is literally Doctor Strangelove. I mean, he is literally the, the behind-the-scenes creepy dude that is, like, he's on the board of directors of this, like, blood testing company. He's on the board of directors of, like, every random military, remotely, like, industrial complex-related company. And he's just this creepy behind-the-scenes. You hear him talk, he's like, yes, I will tell you about my foreign policy ideas. There is some things you must do. Like, he is just a scariest dude around. So I change my vote, and I eliminate all your votes, because it's my goddamn podcast today. And I'm the damn president of Liberty, so... Uh, um, Henry Kissinger, you win. Congratulations, uh, Henry Kissinger. You're the word. You're the scariest. No, I'll let you guys comment. And any thoughts on Henry Kissinger? Uh, speaking of Henry Kissinger, um, I don't know if any of y'all watch uh, The Morning Joe on uh, MSNBC. No, Probably but, not. No, but we know, but anyways, you, we know you do. Anyways, Joe Scarborough was in Congress and I was there. He's very, very nice guy. He, I like him a lot, but he said a lot of things recently that I really disagree with. But anyways, his co-host... Are you Misha, changing your vote to Joe Scarborough? Scariest no, no, no. <laughs> I, I am not. I'm not. But his, okay, co-host, okay. Mi- his co-host, Mika, her father is... Scares uh, me like Henry Kissinger. He's one of those, you know, international diplomat politician type guys. It's like, they just seem to have a different view of things that it doesn't square with the average American. It's scary. That story was exciting and rich. Hey, actually, on the subject of Morning Joe, his co-host is Mika Brzezinski, who I, I won't comment on. She uh, seems like a, a wonderful lady. <clears throat> uh, but her father is another one of these Henry Kissinger-type scary dudes. Spig- I don't, I can't probably pronounce his name correctly. Spigneski, Spignevsky, maybe how he knows it better than I. Brzezinski, this guy, this guy. Look, this, if you can somehow Google the name I just like butchered. This guy is scary. This guy is truly like yes, I, the, I, I em- the his, emperor I, from I Star Wars. I didn't mention his name because I cannot say it. So yeah. yeah, but yes, yeah, he is a Henry Kissinger scary type dude. Like we've been talking about. Yeah, he says stuff like, uh, 
Uh, there is very uh, people are learning information on the internet. This is this is very scary. This is interrupting our plans for the new world order. And then Alex Jones is like, oh, I told you there's a new world order. Ah! Oh man, I should have been Alex Jones. Not that that did was. Not, really, not, did he really say that? I'm not sure if he said new world order, but he said something about how uh, the internet is causing problems for their 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 plans for the world because people are. They are learning information, and it's so much faster, so they're learning about all the things they want to do before they get to do them, basically that kind of thing. Whereas 30 years ago, they would just do shit, and nobody would know about it, and that's what happened. One of the scariest new things coming up is this movement for uh, the politicians saying, what is a real news story? Are they going to say, Lions of Liberty is not a real news source. They don't get protections. They can't say whatever they want. We're going to censor you, like... That is something that's gone to happen, and it's it's scary. I mean, if the freedom of speech, I mean, the the biggest thing that people have now is hearing the voice of truth and reason from places like your website or other sites. If they say all of a sudden now you are not real news, and that gives us the right to censor you, you don't have protections. You need to give your sources this and that. That is one of the serious things happening nowadays. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That was the wild turkey said it, not me. <laughs> the wild turkey is now a separate entity from Howie. All right, moving along. Let's uh, let's talk about some other scary stuff. We talked about our scariest politicians. Uh, what what about just like scary current events, scary headlines? What about like Ebola? Are you guys, are you guys do you find Ebola scary at all? Or... <laughs> We, this is I want really to talk about Ebola. I do, I do. I, I would also do. like to talk about Ebola. All right, well, Mr. Ebola. McCain, Mr. Odermatt, whatever you want to be known as, I'll, I'll give you the floor first since uh, Howie's had a little ranting time just now. <laughs> Ebola scares, I'll say it, Ebola scares the shit out of me because, you know, if it can, it could ravage this country. It can live on a hard surface for like something crazy like 50 days. I'm sure household products kill it, but still, who, who knows what can happen there? I mean, if you get Ebola on the New York subway system and people start coming down with it, it would just spiral out of control. Um, I, I mean, I think we should know it's scary because the government says it's not scary. I mean, normally in circumstances like this with swine flu or bird flu or any other kind of flu, you know, every flu season, they're freaking out saying everyone's going to die and 10 people die. But for Ebola, it's been the opposite. It's been, uh, what did I call it? Uh, hysteria, an anti-hysteria hysteria. And for everyone to calm down, you know, everyone's freaking out too much. You know, it's, it's, it, it, there could never be Ebola, an Ebola epidemic in the United States. It just can't happen. The healthcare system's too good. But yet when we look at it, the people that have gotten it are the healthcare professionals that have been overly protected the entire time they've been treating patients or supposedly um, up to the CDC standards, which of course are questionable, but uh, I think we should be terrified of Ebola. So this is a interesting thing. I mean, I don't think Ebola is something to go crazy worrying about, but it is more infectious than we've been told. I mean, it's not like you can get it much easier. Apparently, I mean, I saw recently there's a Ebola nurse worker Halloween costume. It's a well, you know, hazmat and skimpy shouldn't go together, but that's what this looks like. And to me, I'm wondering, like, is that what they're using in Africa? Because they're all getting it, these doctors, these protocols? But they're not. You know, they're, they're, they're taking proper protocols, and doctors and nurses are getting it. And the thing is, I mean, Rand Paul got crap for this, but it's, it's easier to get than AIDS. It's something where... Well, of course it is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous for anyone to 
act like it's not. People with AIDS aren't throwing up on you. You know, it's totally it's, different disease. It totally might be, but it would be unrelated it, to the AIDS. It's through bodily fluids. And when you're dying of this, you know, your mucus, your blood, your, I mean, you're, you're going to have diarrhea, you're going to be bleed, bleeding out all over. And this stuff is, uh, Odie said, it lives on things for like days. And the uh, CDC, I think, just came out and said that, yeah, uh, it can be spread not direct, but indirect. Like if, if someone sneezes in your sneeze cloud and that, that crap gets in you, I mean, it's... A sneeze cloud? That sounds like a horror movie that we should write. It's not as communicable as some, some of the diseases that just all go through there, you know. But, but I mean, this is a, it's a bad disease, but I really think it's not going to be a big deal, but the... the scariest thing is we know we're not scientists we're not whatever but the thing is we know from things we've heard things we've seen we can't trust the government we can't trust the media we don't know what to believe when this stuff goes on and if they were a really really horrible easily spread disease it's it's very clear the cdc can't help anybody they're not going to be able to do anything i mean that's not a surprise to libertarians but that's pretty probably pretty scary pretty shocking to the rest of the world hopefully that uh wakes people up and i mean uh the thing is if if the truth and the facts were out there and we weren't dependent on the cdc maybe people knew how would know how to take care of themselves i, I, don't, I don't know well that, that's that's the scariest part about it to me is that this, we're supposed to trust the cdc to be i guess in charge of the whole country's you know they're, they're they have all their edicts they send out which goes to like every hospital every whoever and in a de facto way, maybe not a direct sort of tyrannical way, they basically run the country's medical system. And if that's scarier than, you know, any single specific disease to me, it's scary about our whole, you know, our whole system overall. The fact that we rely on this coercive monopoly structure that really has no accountability to anybody, you know, if they if they F up, uh, oh, oh well, you know, <laughs> a bunch more people die. There's no real consequence to to that and uh that that's the most frightening part to me uh any other mr mr jackson uh, did they have ebola back in your time <laughs> we had smallpox back in our smallpox. time smallpox oh, are you did you get that ever, <laughs> tuberculosis or? was big tb okay yeah. it's uh you know serious no it, I'm, I'm not losing any sleep over ebola it's um i think our country has much bigger problems and i think it's it's just one of those things that it's it's catching a lot of headlines and people are panicking over it but um, you know, that being said, there's, there's also, there is a lot we don't know about it. So it does have the potential to really blow up and become a big problem. But, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's a good distraction. It's, it gets headlines. It gets people watching the news. If it bleeds, it leads, you know, like I said, I think our country has much bigger problems that get brushed under the carpet. The but, biggest uh, problem on the podcast is whoever keeps hitting their mic right now. That's the biggest, <laughs> maybe not the biggest problem in the, the country, but it's the biggest problem <laughs> it's in the, the present. problem of the moment. Um, that was probably me. Probably. Oh, you were like hitting it in rhythm with your like rant. Like that? Maybe, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Was ranting like oh, that. Oh, that was you. No, I, right. I was hearing it through. <laughs> oh, maybe it was you. Well, you could hear yourself I'll through your headphones. I'll stop moving my hands. <laughs> did, you, did you switch from uh, Jackson to Bob Dole and start bonking a pen on everything in your uh, in your one non-working <laughs> Oh, I should have been Bob Dole. Man. Halloween regrets. Bob Dole hates candy. <laughs> well, you can start over. Bob hey, Dole. Did, all right, guys, we're going to start from the top, all right? Three, two, one. <laughs> My fellow Americans, welcome to the Lions. Okay, no, we're not doing that. Bob Dole. Did anyone see on the news today, I think it was the president was saying, he's like, we will contain and we will defeat Ebola. See, you do a better like, Obama I, I, I was than like, I do. Wait, wait, wait. It's like, wait, with the, wait, it's talking about ISIS or Ebola? I thought you said, we will contain and we will defeat ISIS. We will contain and we will defeat Ebola. Is that just his, like, standard? I don't know. It's probably nothing, but it's just something that, 
Well, it's the, it's the, I see what you're saying. It's though. the it's generate, the, a, generate a, it's like the, you know, the, the auto script for presidents. It's like right. detain, fill, it's like the, uh, what's that thing where you, uh, ad libs, there we go. You just fill I'm in the blanks with the, yeah. uh, you fill in the blanks with like the thread of the day or the keyword of the day and then the rest is, you know, the rest stays the same. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the same. But, but, but things have kind of changed though. I mean, when George Bush was president, we would be destroying Ebola or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> we would go. The war on Ebola. We would have shock and awe on Ebola. We would just be spreading, (laughs) like, vaccines everywhere and dropping them on cities, and it would just be a good old time for everybody. We we would, we would. And something I'm going to bring up right now, it's it's a little out of, but, you know, it kind of goes to this. I'm going to tie it in. I I was uh, Hunter Thompson tonight, and, you know, he's not a libertarian, of course, but he's, you know, fought against the wars, fought against the drug war. He's sure against Dickie Nick, Dickie Nick, Dickie, Dickie Nixon and his drug war. That's for sure. Yes, uh, but uh, one thing that he wrote on September 12, two thousand one, he said, "The towers are gone now. Reduced bloody rubble, along with hopes of peace in our time in the United States or any other country. Make no mistake about it. We are at war now with somebody, and we stay at war with that mysterious enemy for the rest of our lives." And he's been right so far. Yeah. That was preaching. I thought we were get. I thought we were getting out of it. We we're kind of pulling out of Iraq, kind of pulling out of Afghanistan. I mean, I work in Intel. I know we still have people there. We still have, you know, but the bulk of the troops are out. I thought, is it over? And when they were trying to get us to go into Syria, the American people were like, no, we're not going, and they weren't going. We weren't going to do it. But now ISIS and all the stuff are getting dragged back in. No, like, of course. It's, you can never, you can never well, get out. Someone in the White House, in the uh, what do they call it? The danger room. <laughs> What's the room they meet in? The uh, danger zone. <laughs> I'm going to call it the danger room. I don't think it's called that though. Uh, but it's uh, I, someone around there was like, ah, I got it. Beheadings. That's yeah, scary. Right. That's scary. And and beheadings are scary. But you know that that's they're like we need some a better visual. We need a better cell job. I'm not saying that they made these beheading videos, but someone made them, and they're they're clearly produced and clearly made as propaganda more than they are made as I want to behead this guy. I mean that much is clear. Whether it's whether whoever you want to blame for it, whether you want, whether you think the CIA is directly funding ISIS or just happened to fund them at one point, we know that that was occurring at one point, at least for covert operations in Syria. So, and then you got Saudi money going to ISIS. There's allegations that there's stuff from Libya, Israel, all funneling arms and money to groups like ISIS. So the whole thing is very messy and strange, but we should always be skeptical and spooky afraid when we see all these propaganda. You know, Mark, you've just said a lot, but we could say it in one word. Blowback. Blowback. This is what happens. Well, look. <laughs> yeah, you drop bombs on people, they get mad. Is right, precisely. But again, just going back to your original point, Howie, you know, it's with the Hunter S. Thompson quote, you know, and again, this is before Hunter S. Thompson, though. This is 1984. It's just eternal war, the big brother. You kind of have something, you know, the hate. You always have somebody to hate, and it doesn't have to be an enemy. It doesn't have to be a, a, a people. It can be a thing. It can be Ebola. It can it be, be SARS. Virus, it can yeah. be AIDS. Look how big AIDS was. Now, South Park even mocked AIDS, saying, oh, I'd rather have AIDS than cancer now. Because there's still no real cure for cancer. AIDS is a cure. It didn't come from everybody oh, campaigning against it. The cure is a pile it. of cash, right? The cure is. <laughs> it, it costs, they make an incredible amount of money curing AIDS. There's a cure for AIDS. You, people live for many, many, many years on well, AIDS. I think it's the AIDS. opposite. I think they make money off the drugs that well, don't they, cure AIDS. They, but... they make money off the treatment. Exactly. Right. But that keeps you from dying. There's something very important that needs to be said, though. Uh, Hunter Thompson said, 
uh, <laughs> Let me quickly Google this Hunter S. Thompson quote, and I'll tell you what no, no. it is. No, he said a little bit more than mysterious entity for the rest of our lives. You know, and Hunter S. Thompson killed himself. Right, and that mysterious entity. Or did he? Yeah, we're, we're not getting to that tonight. But <laughs> I, I am more optimistic than that. I do not think we'll be at war for the rest of our lives. But, Howie, we are. We are at war. As long as there's a government in, in power, you're always at war with something because there's always something that has to take the people's attention away from internal problems and put them on something else that the government can solve. A problem the government can solve. Brian, I know, but I believe that, and I think and I believe that if we get more people like us, we spread the message of peace, that this stuff doesn't work and just causes blowback, and we need to just, you know, peacefully live in this world and trade each other, that I think we could do it. I, I'm not... Oh, you, I'm somebody not hold, somebody hold my hand and hold and sing Kumbaya with me real quick. Can we all just... I believe, actually... I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. <laughs> Thank you, Tim Howard. Our, our new guest the Lions Liberty Podcast. Oh, Mr. Howard, welcome to the show. I didn't, I didn't hear the doorbell ring, but... Uh... <laughs> he has a better beard than me. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. No, 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 I had guys. to put that in there. <laughs> Do you have a beard? Oh, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Our politicians are only a representation of the people that elect them. And if the people aren't willing to stand up and, and know what's going on in their lives and know what's going on in their country, these guys are going to keep doing whatever serves their own self-interest. And if that's keeping the military-industrial complex and entertained and, and well-funded, that's what's going to happen. If people wake up and start taking time out of their schedule to know what their officials are doing and holding them personally accountable for it, Things can change, and I, I do think that's the only thing that's going to turn this country around. You know, you know, we have the power to vote. It's not much, but it's all we got. You also have the power to persuade, too. You can talk to, to anybody at a, you know, a cocktail party or put a bumper sticker on your car, and you know, people are going to think twice when they're sitting at the traffic light and read it and try to figure out what this guy's all about in front of them. And you know what? Actually, it's, you're right. The more I think about it, when I think back to... Back when uh, we crossed the red line in Syria, and Obama's like, oh, they crossed the red line, we've got to do something. And American people are like, hell no, we're not getting another war. Exactly. American people are war-weary. I think, I think the thing is just education, just teaching right. people, mm-hmm. just doing that. Like, just, uh, I mean... I, I don't think there's any way that the American people get behind a presidential candidate from either party in 2016 that wants to start another full-blown, boots-on-the-ground war in the Middle East. I, I just don't Not see it Not as happen. a campaign they, promise. They won't come out and yeah, say that, exactly. though. It'll be some other reason. You right. know, Obama yeah. didn't campaign on that, but then, kabam! I mean, whoever runs for either party, I think, I think that this is a good thing, that war has become so, get ready for it, scary! No, Ooh. war has become so unpopular, rightfully so, Right. That it is, it is, and it's a good thing. It's the same thing with marijuana. It's unpopular to be pro, you know, um, pro-war on drugs. It's, it's unpopular to be pro-war. These are positive things. Now, we're not necessarily seeing the results of that change quite yet because there's still a war on drugs and there's still wars all over the place. But I think it's very clear in the last 10, 15 years that the, uh, oh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Someone bail me out. Culture the tide shift. is turning. The, yeah, that's, it's taboo. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, you can't say those words like you used to be able to say, yeah, I want to bomb Russia. That's what I want to do. That, that used to be totally fine. Like, you could just say that. It wasn't a problem. Now you got to be like, well, I want to strategically uh, have global initiatives to, you know, you got you got to word it in a weird politician way. You want to get least, aid yeah. into that country. You've got to you find a way to get aid to drop the some aid in a struggling country. Hey, hey I, have, I, have a, I have a question for you, gentlemen. Ooh, well, this, wait, wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait. 
when we are you going to let us answer it? Yeah, that's my question too. Oh, oh yes, on. they will. Yes, they will. I will ask, and they will not talk in corn. When we were attacked on nine eleven, we like invoked the NATO thing, and European countries helped us, uh, you know, fight the terrorists. I mean, it wasn't a defined war; it wasn't, a, you know, whatever. It's been going on forever, but. They things get better in the U.S., but they the terrorists start striking people in Europe. There's no way that we're gonna not stay out of it, is there? Not we're gonna stay get out of it. There's too many double negatives for me. What? Well, like <laughs> it's a wild they, turkey. It's a southern drink. Well, I think I think we can stay out of it if people literally take an, an interest in it, learn what's going on, and and get in their congressperson's face and say but, but, we're not but, for this, and you're not going to get reelected if you do support it. But, I but think Trent, that's what changes Trent, it. Trent, what I'm saying, though, is if the NATO countries helped us when we were attacked, if they mm-hmm. get attacked, don't you think we will feel obliged to get involved in it? I don't know if our politicians operate on obliged or not. I think they operate on yeah. what, what is strategically you know, beneficial for us, and that's how they'll operate, not on not any sense of obligation. I hope you're right, Mark. <laughs> I, I hope think I'm right, too, too, about everything in life. To a certain politician's advantage, they'll try and get us involved. But I think if it's if it's to their advantage and they know it's unpopular, they will find a loophole somewhere to, to wiggle out of it. Um, I mean, you can just look at the world wars. In both World War One and World War Two, the United States did everything they could to stay out of it or in the early days because the population well, well, was not in well, support of it. Well, maybe, until not, they, maybe not our president. <laughs> yeah, well, except for the president. Except for the president, well, except for the, kind of wanted us to get into it. Except but, for the one guy that can do it. The, but yeah, the, go on, go on. the population did not support it. It was a European event, and it wasn't until that conflict was brought home via the Lusitania and Pearl Harbor did the United States, the general population, care. So sure, I mean, the, you can these talk. wars are retroactively popular. They weren't popular to get into at the time. They right. only became popular once some sort of event triggered a public response pushed by the media, well, whatever the media was back then. It's not like it's much different than it is now, but pushed by the newspapers and that sort of thing. Stop, you know? stop right there, though. The media and the government are practically the same right now. It's but not the anymore. Media, the media is a lot different now, I think. Completely different. I mean, there were so Gentlemen, I hate to break this to you. We're the media now. Oh, absolutely. Look <laughs> at us right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're libertarians. Here. That's the media. The alternative media, the media is going to get banned. But, but people like, have to go out and listen to alternative media instead of Fox News. You know, that that's what we're saying, that if people are are strong enough to say... I'm going to seek out an alternative source and hear what other people are saying besides CBS, NBC, and Fox. That's what's going to change the country and change the the world in general, that people the, turn on their brains. The thing stop. about that, though, Trent, is like something we were talking before. I was like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. You know, I don't know. I can't listen to CNN or Fox News or MSNBC. I can't trust them. I know I can trust uh, Lions Liberty because I know you guys, but like, Sometimes even the alternative media gets it wrong. Like, if you look like Alex Jones' prison plan or whatever it's called, it's like, I mean, sometimes it's got some right shit, but that's that's wrong a lot. People get duped in. It's just, the problem is no one can believe anybody. No one knows what's going on. People go like, But think about what you just said. You named a number of different sources. So aren't you better off diversifying your news sources and then creating your own opinion as opposed to just going to one? 
Yes, and you're right. And you know what I do as an educated American? I go to each and every news source and I read like, all of them. <laughs> Allie goes to like Sarah Palin. <laughs> you read all the magazines. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I do mostly because I'm at work and I don't feel like doing work. So I decide. Yeah, I gonna, hope your I'll... boss isn't listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, right. he, I, think, uh, I think by now he might know you're not Hunter S. Thompson. So. Hey, everybody. Well you know what? You secret to... thing. I might not have a job past Friday, so I don't really give a crap. All right. Well, this this you let me know because this is going to come out Thursday night, so it's going to be pretty gonna be a pretty tight window here. To uh... oh, dude, it doesn't matter. Actually, I was talking to my boss about. Is that going to be like the the, the podcast cliffhanger? Does Howie have a job next podcast? I can't wait. Tune in next week, and we'll let you know if Howie is still employed. Well, then I organ tag next week on the live stream. <laughs> yeah, I'll say so now. Hey kids, if you're thinking about getting a contractor to work for the U.S. government. U.S. government will screw you if they're going to fire you. They'll tell you the day before your contract ends. So don't ever trust them. Government's bad. <laughs> there you go. That's your public service now. All right. That, moving on. That moving was, on. That was a, it's scary. Stick with the theme, Howie. It's scary. You know what, keep Howie? That in, keep that in, Mark. Howie's got the, <laughs> the biggest balls here because he's the only one who will openly disparage his employer on the air. So <laughs> I won't tag I won't tag the U.S. government in this in this in this podcast. I'm so. also a full throated endorsement of legalizing all drugs. And you know what? I can say this knowing that oh my employer may be like, "What you said that we're going to give you drug test." You know what? I can pass. I'm not doing drugs, but I still believe. Yeah, well, the night is young, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Trent, only thing Trent the could only... Trent could disparage his employer, but it'd just be disparaging himself. So. <laughs> the so only thing that prohibition has ever done for alcohol or drugs is make criminals real rich. So, end it. And put well, a it lot of people behind the fact bars. that people are going to get it regardless, just like the drug war. I mean, people are going to get it if they want it. You know, All right. just like criminals will get guns in L.A. or or New York, where you're not allowed to have them. Let's not forget who started the drug war. Drink it, Nick! <laughs> and most people what don't realize that. What most people think the war on drugs started in the 80s. Yeah, I know. The war on no drugs, idea. that was all tricky dick, my friend. So uh, the more I think about it, like, you know, Nixon cut, and I'm completely changing topic, obviously. Uh, you know, Nixon got us off the gold standard completely. Nixon started the war on drugs. He bombed the crap, not legally it makes it awesomer, but, you know, bombed the crap out of Vietnam, Cambodia, along with his creepy pal, Henry Kissinger. I mean, the more I think about it, Nixon may legitimately be the scariest politician of all time, the worst president of all time, the worst man that ever effing lived. Uh, And it has nothing to do with Watergate, but it has to do with everything else. Mr. Thompson, yes. You sound further away every minute that we talk to you. Are you slowly falling asleep. Are you slowly (laughs) inching away from... At least least in my lifetime, it has been every president, the next one... And he's gone. Every president has been worse. You cannot hear me? Well, you're getting getting a little, you know, farther away. I hear you. It might be our speaking. My whole life, every president has gotten worse and worse. I thought Bush was the worst they could be. Then Obama came and did all the same shit. I think that's more uh, a natural progression of, well, those laws are still in place, but I actually don't think Obama's worse than Bush. I don't think Obama's worse than Nixon. If you look at the record, I don't like Obama either. He's, they're all scary. I'm trying to make this tie into the scary nature of the show, but I think everyone's frightening, but... Hey, you know what? This this is very scary. Obama doesn't seem to want to go along with a lot of things he's doing. It's scary that it seems that somebody above him is making him do the things he's doing. 
he's mm. reluctantly going along and changes his mind and getting more... Uh... That's, a good, that's a good sound of liquor being poured. <laughs> oh, man. Why you got to ruin it? I was just going to assume it was someone peeing, but... Uh... Did, you, did you hear me? Did you hear what I was saying? Was that, is that not true? No, you're totally right. It reminds me of that uh, So I Married an Axe Murder where he's like, you know, very powerful continent people. Colonel Sanders! The Vatican! The Pope! Yeah. It's the Illuminati. The it's Illuminati, the, uh, yeah. The, the, uh, the people pulling the strings. The hey, 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 I'm a Freemason. There's no more Illuminati. It's done. done. <laughs> I don't know. According to Jay-Z, they're around. Well, that, I mean, that's the real scary thing. The idea that no matter what you do, no matter where you are, uh, blah, that, blah, might blah. Be, that might be the black Prince Hall Freemasonry. Uh, that's different. I, if, they're, if they have an Illuminati, I don't know about it. Exactly. You can plead ignorance all you want. We know you're pulling the strings behind Barack Obama and all that stuff. We've always known how he... That's why we did this podcast, to call you out on the air. Uh, no, but the, I mean, the, this idea is propagated by a lot of people that, you know, there's this... Still pouring drinks and peeing in the background. Uh, that, that, that there's this Illuminati, these people pulling the strings. And I think there's... In some ways, nothing to it, <laughs> and in some ways, something to it. Because, yeah, there are there. Uh, I don't think there's a room full of dudes smoking cigarettes that are literally like running every president in the you know or whatever. But there are there are forces that are not the ones we see that are calling a lot of shots. Now, I think those forces are, you know, the heads of certain corporations, the heads of certain um, organizations. One moment, Mister Mister Thompson. I hate to cut in, but there was... You don't hate to cut <laughs> in. <laughs> time go on, go on. I, there, I cede my time to you. There was actually an Illuminati. And no, I know. It's a real thing that existed, but I'm... Yeah, it was a, it, that was a real thing. Yeah, and I know that. Watch them out. They're gone. They're gone. But the, exactly. The question is, are, is there a secret cabal of people running the world? And I say, eh, not so much. But there are people that that are kind of there are there are people running politicians that aren't the politicians themselves that i i truly believe i just think it's more of certain corporates it's basically our fascist system that's just coming to light and because people don't have direct answers for that stuff they have to lean on the new world order new world order alex jones here ah you know like uh, and, mark mark is that politicians aren't doing that but the banks are the federal reserve and the international bankers are manipulating things in ways you couldn't believe there's this screwing all of us. Oh, I believe uh, it. I've done several podcasts about the Federal Reserve, so I definitely believe it. <laughs> but well, but hey, I, I agree with you, Mark. I don't think there's a bunch of guys sitting in a corner somewhere that are literally going over an agenda of world issues. I think it literally comes down to there's there's people with a lot of lobbying power and people that have it doesn't have to be as diabolical as people try to make it out to be. I mean, it and, is it is diabolical yeah. when they try to use the coercive force of modern governments to influence yeah. things and gain wealth that way, and you know, throw people in jail and all all that fun stuff. That was me burping um, silently. But it's not like the the CEO of Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman are going to be like, oh no, don't go out there and you know create contracts sure. for us to to well, you know well, supply well, arms. Well, no, those companies are trying to uh, influence government, and they're trying to exactly. do that. Well, that, that's well, my point. Though. doing that. You, you don't need a crazy conspiracy theory for that. You, you, we have the yeah, evidence. We just... have the lobbying figures. We know that it's happening. Yeah. That's nothing compared to what the banks are doing behind our backs. Where are you now? Are you in a cave now? You feel... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you under your table with your tin helmet on, Howie? No, I'm actually... Oh, man... <laughs> Can, it's nothing but old time radio. Hey, hey, Mark, who is your guy who edits your tape? What's his name? John. <laughs> hey, John, John, John Dabbert. 
All right, right, John, get ready. That those mothers, they are screwing us. They're putting us that. They are doing trans Introduction to agree with you, Howie. They go to countries, money gets lent out, lent back, and all it does is sap our purchasing power, our whatever. And you know what? It, it's not It's not really the politicians. Only, the politicians are doing thing, whatever, get reelected. With the bankers screwing us. Right, Mr. Howie. Nixon, do you have any comments Howie on the rain it in? This has been a blast. We're going to just kind of wrap things up and this has been an absolute <laughs> shit show and I say that in a good in a positive way because uh, you know that's what this is about. We're libertarians. We are in living rooms, maybe we're in some kind of rooms. No one needs to really know where we are. And we are drinking liquor. Drink that, liquor. That, that some part of us is, might be screaming at a lamp in the corner. Some of us are screaming at lamps in the corner. <laughs> like Howie. It doesn't matter what we're really doing. The point is, you know, I don't know what the point is because we've we've had a good time. The point is, I've had a good time today, and I hope Brian you all have too. Brian sounds too sober. Yeah, everybody, calm down. I'm drinking, but I do want to go around the room because we're all in the same house here. Since you all rang my doorbell, as you heard earlier in the show, and uh, we'll just do our quick final thoughts about Halloween, about scariness. Maybe you can mention your favorite Halloween movie. Let's let's try to lighten the mode a little bit, lighten the mood, and uh, you know, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll give our final thoughts. So uh, why don't we start with uh, Mr. Nixon? And any final thoughts before we sign off for the evening? Well, I'd just like to say that I, uh, my my favorite Halloween movie of all time is uh, Beetlejuice. He was also uh, he was a, not a crook. He's a good man trying to make a living, and uh, Halloween's a, a grand time. To be alive, a uh, grand time to be an American and to uh, to get ahead in life, love, and uh, the war on drugs. Does right. that make any sense? It doesn't have to. <laughs> this is not about making sense. I think that's <laughs> been bad. clear. That's yeah, fine. You know, I, I make sense on the Lions of Liberty podcast probably 50 out of 52 weeks, 51 out of 52 weeks. We can have a couple where it doesn't hey, make I sense. I will say that Halloween's the only uh, socialist event I favor. The redistribution, redistribution of sugary wealth. To the people. Halloween's a socialist holiday. Well, you're you're spreading the wealth among all the people who ring your doorbell, sharing all that uh, all that riches with them. But but oh, you know, terribly, it's, actually, it's actually a pagan but, but, holiday. But you don't have to. <laughs> it I is a pagan my, holiday. I turn my lights off and go in the basement and watch horror movies with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's see. Who else do we have here? Trent, Mr. Jackson. Uh, final thoughts, <laughs> whatever they may be. Um. It's uh, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It's probably the best uh, Halloween movie ever. All right. Again, though, not <laughs> scary. As long as you want to kill yourself. I, mean, I agree with you. I agree with you guys. These are fine films to watch. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to me last. Because I'm the, I'm the president. <laughs> it's not scary. It is, there's a lot it's of scary awesome. stuff. I love Beetlejuice. You know what? I'll, I'll change scary. it. This one's I'm not for, afraid for of Brian. It. I think the best Halloween movie's It. Oh, what do you think about that? Terrible trend. <laughs> I know. I knew you just said that just God. to set him off. It is set. I mean, it's so terrible. It's so stupid and nonsensical. <laughs> if you got seven and a half hours to the kill, the saving point is that it's got Harry from Night Court in it. It might be stupid as far as a child. I was so scared of it. God damn it. Come on. When Pennywise is in the gutter and he opens up his grill and he's got all those sharp teeth, you weren't scared when you were like five? No, no. I, I was wasn't allowed to watch that when I was yeah, five because exactly. I had good parents. It wasn't a movie made to scare five-year-olds, was it? I couldn't <laughs> see that in the movie theater. It was made to scare at least 17-year-olds, and it was terrible at doing that. It doesn't make sense. It's 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 bad. It's like like bad enough to not to be rated like... Oh, no, it was on TV, though, wasn't it? It wasn't rated no, R. No, no. It's rated R. Is yeah. it? No, I thought it was when on it came TV. Out. Mark, I saw it when I was a kid, but it was on TV. It was the edited version on TV. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay. Don't scare the crap out of me. 
Yeah, I, you got those balloons floating around and crap. Yeah, balloons that pop and well, red That's just because you were people. drunk on wild turkey, yeah. so you were scared. Okay. All right, Odie, final thoughts, scariest movie, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't even watch scary movies. They're, I don't like to be scared. <laughs> that's, why it, that's why I pay attention to politics. <laughs> scary stuff. <laughs> I don't like it. The, wor- the real world is scary enough. I mean, yeah. I, I don't need to... Have something creeping up, and you know, in the corner, grabbing me. What about Poltergeist? Like, You've uh, seen Poltergeist. Oh, I don't know. Dude, I don't that, watch any of that, that stuff, man. The clown in Poltergeist, not the real. It was terrifying. like a. It was like a clown in the kid's room, yeah. and he kept like pulling the sheet off, and there was a storm. That scared the crap of me when I was a kid because a I had not a clown, but like. Ah. I had like, oh no, <laughs> something happened. And he's down. <laughs> man, man down. What is the deal? Man down. What is the? The bottle of wild turkey was placed right near the, the hot air comes out of the computer. It made the wild turkey hot and I'm mad. <laughs> Did it burn you? Because that's what it sounded like. You got scolded. No, but it doesn't taste <laughs> hot wild turkey. It doesn't taste that good. Man, see, this to change the subject. You know what this episode but... is? This is episode is the true test of Lions of Liberty fans. If you are listening Shut to these up. words right now, you are one of the greatest fans that we could ever imagine to have because it's been nonsense for an hour and a half. Um, and things plus, have hit a new low. Yes, but I like that. You know, we got to do it sometimes, guys. Odie, final thoughts. I, I we got interrupted by wild, hot wild turkey. Final <laughs> thoughts. Um, I don't, You're scared I don't by it. We know that. Let's see. Scared by everything, especially clowns. I hate clowns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the government is, is a scary, scary entity. Um, well, the government has a stance today, but I think we have to remember that uh, things don't have to remain as they are. We don't have to always be yielding to a government, um, giving the powers that we do not consent to. And uh, as long as we keep talking to each other and um, sharing ideas and maybe finding the best way to uh, govern ourselves... Um, I, I think there's uh, there's hope, and maybe during our Thanksgiving podcast, I'll share with you um, what what I'm thankful for about what this country will be like going forward. Now I got to schedule a Thanksgiving uh, yeah. podcast. Th- thanks, thanks, <laughs> Doctor Coherent, at the end of the podcast. I was thinking we might hold off till like Christmas, end of the year, but uh, all right, you heard it here first. We're doing a Thanksgiving podcast, so I uh, hope you guys are available around uh, June twenty something. June, uh, June, November twenty something. Look, I've had a couple ciders. I've had to listen to Howie and the Wild Turkey for an hour plus. I know so. I've got Howie's madness banging around in my brain now. Anyway, speaking of the devil, literally himself, Howie Hunter S. Thompson. 30 seconds. <laughs> I have to give you a time frame. 15 Final seconds. words. 15 seconds. Oh, well, I'm not saying it's not a movie that's scary. One of my favorite, uh, I guess you could say, horror films are The Devil's Rejects. Uh, oh, Rob yeah. Zombie directed it. Oh. And his Halloweens are awesome, that's too. That's a good one. And I yes, hate remakes are. in general. Yes, but. they are. And his voice hot. Great movies. I cannot believe that he's a vegetarian. So crazy. I didn't know that. Wow. That's scary. But I love Shy Moon Zombie. I love what you showed her ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know. There we go. That's my that's my favorite. All right. Well, f my final thoughts because uh, you know you guys hear from me every week. You know my you know my thoughts. Just listen to every other episode. But uh, my scariest movie and it's not a Halloween movie per se. But you know when I was a kid, I used to I wasn't really allowed to like stay up till three in the morning, like because I was a kid. So I would, but I used to really like to be up at three in the morning sometimes. So I would sneak out at night and like turn on the TV. And one time I snuck out at, like three a.m. Turn on the TV and I see. 
blood pouring down a hallway, oh, and it was yeah. The Shining. And then I see two oh. little girls stand, and it just creeped me out. But I couldn't turn away. I was so scared. I was. I've never been this scared in my life. Is from a movie, and I was just sitting there, but I couldn't move because I was literally paralyzed by this film. But but The Shining is the scariest Evan movie I've ever seen in my it life. Even to this day, it's absolutely terrifying because Great sound. Yeah, it's just it's just watch The Shining if you haven't seen The Shining. My God, it's just, it's the That's one it. of the it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite movies. Period. And then if you're talking about horror only, yeah, number one. Shining, scariest movie ever. Jack Nicholson's awesome. Blood pouring down a hallway and creepy kids and all this other shit is really, really scary. And his wife for that movie is terrifying. Whoever did her makeup <laughs> and uh, that monster face she's Olive got oil. all movie, disgusting. Olive oil is... is and also, crazy. you want a real clown movie? Killer clowns from outer space. It is nothing. That's right. Let's see where Jack Nicholson's drinking with the, the ghost bartender. I always thought that was cool. Where he's oh, sitting there, just like pouring it out. You know, kind of like we, kind of like we have been all, yeah, all, yeah exactly. All evening here. <laughs> well, gentlemen, Mr. Nixon, ex-presidents, current senators, um, ex, maybe dead, maybe murdered, maybe killed themselves, ex-journalists, <laughs> whoever you may be, I really do. Uh, I really had a good time here today. Well, the ratings will show whether or not this, this, this shit show is uh, popular with the masses. But hey, I had a good time, and uh, I know I hope you guys had a good time. So uh, you know, maybe that'll translate to uh, some kind of product that other people like. And if not, screw it. It's my own show, and I, I you know, I spend so much time. Talking about serious stuff and and putting on a good face for all my my guests that gives me the time, but it, it's good to just let back and uh, not give a crap for uh, an hour or so. So, guys, it's been a good time. I'm not gonna uh, scare you slash bore you with the terrible Obama impression again, but. I am going to ask you to do one thing, and this might be the scariest moment of all, because the, the other times we've tried this has been nothing but disaster. I think we all agree, but I'm going to ask you to help me out with my little send-off here to the audience, and, and maybe maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it well this time. You know what I'm going to ask you guys? It, it's very simple. All I want you guys to do is to live long! For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It caught on in a flash He did the match He did the monster match From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included and his son The scene was rocky All were digging the sounds Igor on chains Backed by his baying hounds The coffin bangers Were about to arrive With their vocal group The Crypt Kicker Five They played the match They played the monster match The monster match 
It was a graveyard smash. They played the mash. It got on in a flash. They played the mash. They played the monster mash. Oh. Out from his coffin, Max's voice did ring. Oh. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Oh. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, oh. Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Rack's a part of the band. And my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them what it said. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. 